We uh, will finish our series this morning on the Holy Spirit. Um, we have delved into, wow, fullness of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, person of the Spirit, the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of the living God. And... Uh, this morning we're going to talk about the practicality of it all, the practical provision of the Holy Spirit, of which you've learned about um, let's go ahead and open our Bibles if you have a Bible or you want to turn um, to whatever uh, uh, it's Philippians 4.9 is the verse we'll use um, this morning, single verse, and uh, it's in the NIV because it, it best, in my mind, it best tells you what I want you to get this morning. Philippians 4.9, they'll put it up there for us in a few minutes, um, and I'll read it to you. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And if you do that, the God of peace will be with you. <laughs> Your life a turmoil, all jacked up, always a mess. You're going to have to put some of what you've learned into practice instead of just all this knowledge. If I could get everyone in this room this morning um, to apply any one series that we've done in this church over the past 14 or 15 years um, that I've preached from this pulpit, it would be the series on the Holy Spirit. To put it into practice. You say, you say that all the time. No, I say that about this message. These series of messages. Because if you get this one series and put it into practice, all the others will fall in place. Because once you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, um, you know, it, it'll be all right. And, and God will lead you into all other things. So um, it's, uh, this is, it's very important. And you ought to go back, if you've missed any of these messages over the last six or eight weeks, you ought to go back and, and, and re-listen to them. And, because you missed something, I'll promise you, and, and it'll help you. So I'm going to share a video. It's, it's a little bit long. But it kind of sets the stage for this morning's message. Um, it's two converts. Um, uh, we have a missionary. His name is Patrick, and he serves um, at, at Ohio State University and Bowling Green Uni University. Um, our church is, was supporting him long before I came here. Um, uh, and it's campus outreach. And these two people got saved this past year in, under their ministry there. 
and they talk about I attended church, but I wasn't saved, and and I'll I'll let you hear the the story, but the gist of what they say is I finally put into practice what I heard, and so I, I want you to hear their testimonies, and and then we'll uh, bring the message this morning. Hi, my name is Drew Jackson. I graduated from Bowling Green State University in 2016. I currently live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I am the Community and Public Engagement Coordinator for a school district. My name is Josh, and I go to the University of Cincinnati. I'm a third year and I study journalism. My spiritual background growing up would be going to church occasionally on the weekends with my family. Uh, my mom would get me my brother. Uh, she'd wake us up every morning to drag us out of bed and to go to church before. Um, but that church never really paid attention that much at all. My soccer coach, he led us on a Bible study together. So during that, we would go through some uh, stories in the Bible together. Um, but that was, it was super interesting as a kid to hear those stories. But besides that, I didn't see how it really applied to my life at all. I view God as someone who is distant and I think I learned about like Bible stories and about God, but I didn't know how it connected to my life. Like anyone, I was trying to find purpose to my life and like what I should be doing and with my time and just searching for answers. So in regards to God, God was not a priority in my life. I don't think it was intentionally, I wasn't like, oh, I don't want anything to do with God. I think it was just not something that I saw as a need. But I didn't realize God was the one who had the answers for the things that I was searching for. I got connected to Campus Outreach by my brother-in-law, Austin Sprung. Um, and him and my sister, they had attended the New Year's conference uh, while they were in college. And they both uh, gave their lives to Christ there. Uh, but then he would reach out to me uh, as I was in high school and he was in college um, his senior year. And he was constantly uh, just being a friend to me. Um, he would tell me a little bit about campus outreach, but he would just share the gospel with me a ton. I've never experienced that type of community before. And there was just a, a lot of joy uh, hanging out with those guys. And campus outreach at UC is plugged into uh, Grace Fellowship. So I started to attend church with them weekly. I graduated from Bowling Green State University, but I started as a freshman at IUPUI. Well, junior year, I started at BGSU and I got connected with Campus Outreach through my friend who was a part of Campus Outreach in Indiana. I believe that some important things that I learned with Campus Outreach, principal things that I learned with Campus Outreach were how to seek God daily, how I get in the Word, the importance of my quiet time, spending time with God, and going out and finding community, being plugged into a church, the importance of having people you can do life with and share your life with and keep you accountable. So I had a discipleship group my first year uh, in college. That was my fall semester as a freshman. And it was sweet to be a part of that um, and to come to Christ tree my first year in college um, to give my life to Him. But then I was so thankful that not only did they uh, share this good news with me, but then they equipped me right away to go out and share with others. 
Uh, so I had my discipler, Austin, who challenged me to now go share with my, my friends from high school. So the next year, I got to lead a Bible study with a lot of my friends in high school. And I think that's one thing that Campus Outreach has really grown um, me and uh, personally was just to become a leader and learn how to share my faith with others. And this last summer, I got to go to Thailand um, with a group of seven people. Uh, so Columbus region sent us for the first time to Thailand on a, a cross-cultural project. And it was just a, a wonderful experience to go down there to serve alongside the Thailand staff. Um, and it just really opened my eyes to, to just seeing that so many people there have never heard the gospel for the first time. And we got to come alongside that team and even see the first student uh, in Thailand come to Christ. When I went to college, uh, I'm still doing journalism and I still love to write so much. And kind of my aspirations after college would have been to go uh, to different countries and to just be a travel writer and just have a lot of fun and enjoyment in doing that. Uh, but it's definitely changed a whole lot uh, now that I've realized uh, the gospel um, and that Christ has become the center of my life. Um, and that I've got to receive this good news. I've just wanted to go out now and share it with others too. For me, Campus Outreach was a consistent place to learn truth. I think the thing that was most transformative for me during my college years with Campus Outreach was learning the, about the value of life, of my life as a person, I think that was something that I just went with emotions. I didn't see what great purpose I had on this earth and coming to know God and having a relationship with Him, I saw that, wow, I'm here for a reason and it's a powerful and a great reason and it added so much purpose to my life, which was what I was searching for in college. You're important and your life has value because God loves you and because He says so. knew who God was, but he was distant. I'd heard it all and attended church, but I didn't know how it applied to me. And yet, campus outreach, and by the way, folks, that's what your money's going to. They're getting the job done. Happens there, it happens at Marshall. It's our missionaries are, are not out there just to do whatever. They're out there to make sure that folks receive the gospel and disciple them into applying it to their life, then taking the gospel themselves to their friends and family with outreach. That's what I want you to get out of this Holy Spirit series. What's it, how's that apply to me? What's my purpose in life? I have value. God saved me for a reason to reach the lost, to live a life that glorifies Him. Uh, Marty talked about Arn Bell. Uh, it's not just about 
coming to an altar, standing in your seat and getting saved, whether it happened in the last week, today, or 25 years from now. Iron Bell sings a song from glory to glory, and he's not finished with you yet. You have a purpose and the difference between coming and sitting here over the last eight weeks between knowledge and wisdom is that you apply what you heard to your life. If you don't apply it, 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 it does you no good. You've got to put it into practice, Paul said. You say, but it, it, it doesn't apply to me. Yes, it applies to everybody that has put their faith in Jesus Christ. That's what you're here for. We all, you know, like I said, I, I heard that young, it just rings in my ears. I attended church and never was saved and never really understood or never really connected, he said. You know? Does that sound familiar to anybody else in this room? You know? Could that be your testimony? It, it was mine. I was raised in church. I mean, uh, from a little kid, my, mom, uh, my mama made us go, you know, and yet never was saved, never really... I heard the Bible stories. I mean, that's exactly the words they used, but it didn't apply to me. I, I, I didn't, I, I, it, it didn't all make sense. And, and yet, you know, we talk about we have a, a painful past. You know, Marty's past haunted him. Everybody's past haunts you in some way or another. We all have skeletons in our closet that we prefer to never be let out. You know, um, I, I let a few of mine out from time to time, but I'm definitely not going to tell you everything that Linda knows, and if she tells you, I'm going to swear to you that she's lying. <laughs> you know? But it's called strongholds. We, we have that they control us. Our past and those strongholds control us instead of the Holy Spirit. And... You're confused about things. You have doubts. Um, you know, you, you, you have anxiety over things in your past or in your present. And, and some people have got religion in their past and they're judgmental of other folks and, and suspicious. Oh, did they really get saved? That's like asking, is a dead person in a casket really dead? <laughs> you know. We have, we have all this, this critical, uh, you know, attitudes and, and different things in our past and things that happen. And, and yet some Christians go through life just passive. I don't have no purpose. I just go to church because it's some, what I'm supposed to do. And you're even lackadaisical about that. It's hit missing whenever, you know. And so... you. I, I know folks that go through their entire, and I'm, I'm really just talking to you this morning because I want you to get this messages on the Holy Spirit. Um, I know folks that go through their whole life with an attitude, 
that your future will always be marred by your past. And you'll, you'll never live a normal life. It, it's, your attitude is just, it's impossible. You, I don't have any self-worth. We, we, you know, I heard that. I, I just don't have any self-worth. You, you believe the lies of your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and the enemy. Because that, that kind of garbage comes from Satan. Everybody has worth because you were bought with a price and that price was the blood of Christ. That's where your worth is. And he has a purpose for your life. And, and you're not just here to live three score and ten and then kill over and go to heaven when you die. We, we have a purpose. You have something that God has for you. That He wants you to do. There's someone in your life that you need to be the one that witnesses to them and leads them to Christ. Amen, preacher. You know, you, you have all these insecurities built up and these weaknesses and fears and, and all of which are simply strongholds that hold you into bondage. They hold you back. And, and, it's, and it's really due to your thinking. Stinking thinking is what I call it. You know, you got all this thinking, thinking. And this Holy Spirit stuff, you know, it, it just will never work for me. Are you believing any other lies the devil's telling you? Because it will work for you. You've started a process from the point you got saved and you've heard these messages and now you're in this process of you've given your life to Christ which is not a process, that's a single act by the way. You, I'm going to trust Jesus, you're saved on your way to heaven. That's, that's not a process. I, I've had preachers tell me, well you know there's a process of salvation. No, this process was sealed on the cross. And when you trust Him, that, that process is done. But Christian living is a process. It, it is a process. It, we call it next steps. Everybody takes their next step. And by the way, you don't ever get to the point that I don't have no more steps. I'm perfect. You're a liar is what you are. It's a process. First step, you ought to get baptized. Second step, you ought to get and be involved in a, in a good local church. Somewhere where you can be held accountable and have community. And, and, and I can go through all ten of them. We preached a series of messages here on, on next steps. And, and yet, this process that you're involved in is surrendering Control, giving your life to Christ, then surrendering control to the Holy Spirit. And little by little, by the way, nobody in this room is expected to go from zero to hero overnight. And if you're down here and you think you're a 10 in your Christian walk, and you're looking down at someone else and think, ah, they ought to be, they ought to be farther along. When did God declare you his appropriate Amen. judge? Amen. You're not the judge. 
Paul said, you know, it's, it's by the milk of the word. What was he? That means some people are little babies in Christ and other people are adults but act like little babies. <laughs> it's, you, you don't learn to run before you learn to walk. It, it, it's a process of time. And so as you go through this process, little by little, and, and by the way, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have relapse in your Christian walk. You're going to have some failures. Uh, I'll never do that again. And the very ne- mine was, I'll never, I'll never say that again. <laughs> and I wouldn't get out of the room till. The cuss words were here, and they were coming here, you know. I'm never going to do that again. Just don't quit when you have a relapse. Don't give up. Keep your eyes on faith. Surrender again to the Holy Spirit. It's a pro- that's why it's called filling. It doesn't ha- it's not you're full of the Spirit. It's something that you continually, continually, continually surrender every day. You've got to keep your eyes on faith. You know where you come from. That, that past is always going to be there. You know where you come from, but you don't always know where you're going. That's called faith. If you'd have told me what was going to happen here 15 years ago, I'd have said, you're crazy. Thomas would tell you you're crazy too. He worked with me. <laughs> I can promise you the farthest thing from his mind was me ever preaching again. <laughs> Especially when I was ranting and raving. But, he didn't but we didn't quit and we didn't give up. That's right. It, it's, it's, you got to keep your, you, you, you're never going uh, to progress until you believe that you can. I think I can, I think I can, I thought I could, I thought I could. you you, you got to keep your eyes on faith. God, you can do this through me. I, I can surrender and have success and, and I can be set free. Let, let me give you a scripture. That, uh, it's really a promise that Jesus in, in John 8 put out there. In, it's John eight thirty one and 32. You ought to write these down. If you hold to my teachings, now you listen. You are really my disciples. That you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You want free from the bondage? You want free from the stronghold that holds you back? There's your answer. Use the knowledge of the truth. We've had eight weeks of this Holy Spirit stuff. Messages, the Word of God. And it's all knowledge right now. It'll become wisdom. God's Word will become wisdom to you 
when you surrender to the Holy Spirit and you have a practical application. And it's not a hard process. It's a matter of every morning when your feet hit the floor. Lord, help me to do your will today and listen to your Holy Spirit. I surrender. You teachers are like, help me not to strangle this kid when I get to school this morning. You guys that are foremans on the job, help me not to cuss somebody out and want to jack slap them. That's a process. Help me not to flip somebody off and cuss them going down the road or get my gun out and shoot them. You know. <laughs> That's, that's, that's the process. He said, I can't believe you talk like that. You ought to be around when I get worse. Just because you get saved, you don't lose all them thoughts, by the way. You've got to control those thoughts by the Holy Spirit. If you had a temper, you're still going to have a temper. And the Holy Spirit will control it for you if you seek that guidance and that wisdom. But you can't give up. You can't quit. You, you, the, and, and, and tweet this. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of victory that you achieve. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of victory you'll achieve. Let Elon Musk put that out there. It can't be lip service. I heard all that and that's good. And let me tell you, it can't be just emotionalism. Well, I was happy when I left last week. and Man, that was great. I don't care if it's great to you or you like it or not. What I want you to do is for you to genuinely, from your heart, put it into practice and commit to it. Instead, here's what happens. You, you build up a wall of protection. You isolate yourself from others you lock them out, but in turn, you lock you, yourself in. And life has become one of resistance to the truth you hear. It just don't work for me. So in turn, because your life's all jacked up and you have these messes that you don't know how to deal with, you turn to self-medication. And that can be multiple things. It's not just drugs. It can be alcohol. It can be food. It can be loneliness because of isolation. One of denial, depression, anxiety. Negative. No reason for hope. Because you don't let Jesus control your life through the Holy Spirit. That is where the hope is. You have a provided provision through the Holy Spirit of God for such a time of this in your life. 
And Jesus came to open the prison doors of your stronghold. He's done it multiple times we find in Scripture. He's done it multiple times for people in this room. And He'd do it. He'll do it for you. Jesus came to cast away those chains of bondage. I'm not preaching power of positive thinking. I'm preaching the book. You must have a mind reset. You say, but preacher, I I can't. You're right, you can't. I'll agree with you. The Holy Spirit can if you'll surrender. You cannot do it yourself. Luke 18, 27. (laughs) What is impossible with man? God knew you couldn't do it by yourself. It's impossible. What is impossible with man is possible with God. You listen here. God created everything out of nothing. And God can take your jacked up mess and turn your life around also. If you will just muster up enough faith and belief to say, Dear God, I'm going to surrender it all to you and believe that you're going to do it. Now, it can be painful to face the truth. (laughs) Seek forgiveness. Confess your sins. Apologize if need be. Satan knows if he can control your thoughts, he can control your actions. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, your thoughts, and the Holy Spirit lives inside your heart and start cleaning it up, then the next thing will happen is your will will change and your actions will change. Then it's a whole new ball game. Then the outward behavior is a result of the inside Holy Spirit's control. And instead of you having hate and depressed and sad and and unhappy, can't control anything that goes on, your life will become one of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and self-control, kindness, gentleness. That's what happens. Getting saved starts that, but it really doesn't all take effect until you surrender to the control of the Holy Spirit. No height, no ceiling on successful Christianity to anybody, no matter what your past if you'll surrender control to the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you right now that bad thoughts equals a bad attitude equal bad actions. You say, but I need someone to do it for me. That ain't going to happen. And I mean ain't. 
But, but, but I, somebody else needs to take responsibility. I'm not the only. Yeah, you are. Take responsibility for your own actions. Respond to God's Word yourself. Surrender to the Holy Spirit and His ability to take care of your mess. God provided a provision of the Holy Spirit for that exact reason. And you have to decide. You know what changes things? Well, yeah, I think. No. Change is brought about by a decision. You have to decide to change. And take action. Satan may have won a battle. But he doesn't win the war. That's right. Turn over to Revelations 22. And in the end, he is cast into the lake of fire. Thank God that through the Holy Spirit, you can have victory. (laughs) You can have a successful Christian walk. You can be a follower that has a testimony like these two individuals that you heard. Can you just envision their lives before? I can because it kind of looked like mine. Only they went off to college. They'd been raised in and around church. Had pretty decent parents maybe. Maybe they didn't. I, I don't know. But when they surrendered over, then listen to their testimony. What campus outreach did for me was taught me, if you listen, to read my Bible, attend church, be involved, surrender to do the things that I had knowledge to do and it become wisdom. That's exactly what they said in a nutshell. You can sit here Till the cow jumps over the moon. And be the same old you. Until you decide. To make a choice. That I'm going to change my life. I'm not going to be the same I used to be. I'm going to surrender to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be willing. To do what he tells me to do. And to share Jesus with my friends, co-workers, and neighbors. I want to be like the little black girl. I want to be like the guy in the video. I want to make a difference. I'm not, I'm not asking anybody to be a religious zealot. In fact, I despise religious zealots that are out to make points all the time instead of make a difference in the life of someone else. All these people with their to-do lists and straighten up and fly right and get all this garbage out of your life, you need to... That just sounds like dripping water to me. If I get you to surrender to the Holy Spirit every morning. Get you a devotion and read one verse of Scripture. 
and say, God, today, place someone in front of me that I can be a witness to. And plan on it. Realize when it happens. I've already got it planned. I'm going to where this evening I know there's going to be a whole lot of partying, drinking going on. I'm going. You say, what in the world? I know of at least two unsaved doctors are going to be there and a lawyer. One of my best friends is going to be there. And I'm going to say, hey, let's pray before we eat, guys. And they'll say, would you? And I'll have an opportunity to share Jesus. And they'll have a big card game tonight and there'll be a big pot of money on the table. And I'm going to share Jesus. He said, well, I don't think you ought to be there. I don't care what you think. Those people are my friends. And I'll never, ever be able to reach them if I don't go associate with them. It's the truth. I've been doing it for 35 years, and there's a couple of them that's never got it yet. But they'll get it tonight. And I'm going faith believing that maybe they'll trust Christ before I leave. Got to surrender. You got to have faith. You got to believe it's going to take place. Let's stand.